This is Train by Grace 2 with Catherine Elizabeth. And we are in Mark chapter 7. And Jesus comes head to head with the Pharisees and scribes. They had a very legalistic and demonstrable, demonstrative way of understanding defilement. And Jesus challenges them. There were numerous rules that were not in Scripture that had been added to try to um, explain fully decide whether somebody was doing something or not, and in some cases ended up explaining away what it was intended by the original scripture. And Jesus challenges the Pharisees and the scribes on a particular item. And then he explains it to the people and his disciples. So... Let's start with Mark chapter 7. We're going to do this one with David and Hattie. I hope you enjoy and your relationship with God is brought closer by this podcast. Hi, David. Hi, Hattie. Hello. Hi. We're still in the Gospel of Mark, aren't we? Yes, we are. We are in chapter 7, though. Ah, we've gotten a little further. Yeah. So, Jesus is, in this next part that we're going to cover, talk about the rules of the Old Testament. Now, we haven't gone through all the rules of the Old Testament. But, in trying to follow all of those rules, um... Over the years, there have been added more rules. More rules? To the rules? Sometimes that happens when people just don't listen to the original rules. But sometimes that happens because people just want to say, I followed this rule, but you didn't. And rules can be used to make things better or to make things worse. So let's find out what Jesus thinks about that. What do you think, David? Sounds good to me. All right. Verse 1, chapter 7 of the book of Mark. Now, when the Pharisees gathered to him with some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem, they saw that some of his disciples are with hands, ate with hands, sorry, ate with hands that were defiled, that is unwashed. Now, they didn't wash their hands at all? Well... Let's get into the next couple of verses because it's going to explain something. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they wash their hands properly. You mean they had rules about how to wash their hands? They did. They were pretty, pretty thorough. Holding to the tradition of the elders. Tradition? Yes, tradition. And when they come from the marketplace, they do not eat 
unless they wash again properly. We'll define that the way it was defined earlier. And there are many other traditions that they observe, such as the washing of cups and pots and copper vessels and dining couches. Wow, that's a lot of rules. Yeah, that is a lot of rules. So it wasn't necessarily that the disciples had dirty hands as much as it was that they didn't follow all of the protocol of the Pharisees and the scribes from Jerusalem. Now, you have to remember that Jesus has as disciples some folks that were from Galilee. Most of them were from Galilee. There was actually only one from Jerusalem. And so, some of these things, when you get away from the main place it's taught, isn't taught the same or isn't taught quite as rigidly. Does that make sense? Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I imagine things were a little different in Galilee than they were in Jerusalem. Yeah, that comes out a lot in Scripture. And so... The, the Pharisees and scribes are really taking some of the disciples to task over this little difference in a long process of making sure you wash hands a certain way. And the, the Pharisees and the scribes ask him, Jesus, why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders? but eat with defiled hands. Now they use the word defiled. What does that mean? Well, rather than just being dirty or um, defiled meant that they were no longer considered holy and they were eating and it was it was against god's law because it was against the tradition because it wasn't exactly the same as their seeing how the tr tr tradition is that that word tradition of the elders went yeah so they're saying that they're not religiously pure because they didn't wash their hands exactly per the tradition of the elders as they saw it. Oh man, I would never pass these tests. I know, neither would I. In fact, it's mentioned later in the book of Acts that nobody does. Nobody really keeps themselves undefiled before God. They need help. But, Jesus' answer to them points out a few things. So let's, let's get into that. And he said to them, Well did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites. Now, just so you understand what a hypocrite is. It's a Greek word. Still, our English word comes from the Greek word hypocrites. And it was the word used of actors in plays. So he's saying, 
well did Isaiah prophesy of you, you actors. Like you're acting like you're all holy, but you aren't. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what Jesus was saying. As it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Oh, no. That's not good when your heart is far from God. No, it's not good. In vain. Now, let me explain that word. Because we don't use that. We There's a couple of different interpretations of the word vain. And in in this particular passage, what it's talking about is an emptiness. In emptiness do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. So they thought they were worshiping God, but they weren't. They were worshiping their traditions. Right. Oh, boy. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of trouble. So Jesus continues, you leave, you leave the commandment of God and hold to the tradition of men. You throw, basically saying you throw out the baby with the bathwater. You, you've, you've forgotten the important things and you hold on to the things that aren't so important. Yikes. Yeah. And he said to them, you have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to establish your tradition. For Moses said, honor your father and your mother. And whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. Oh, that means you absolutely had to respect your father and mother. That was pretty extreme. Yeah. And what it's talking about, if you go back in the context of the Old Testament, what it's talking about is that a father and mother would try their best to bring up a child who would listen to them meaning that they would contribute to the family business, whatever that was, and they wouldn't do things that would hurt others. That makes sense. So parents were supposed to also have practical rules. They're not supposed to be nitpicky about this. Right. And so you didn't you didn't you didn't put a a child to to uh death because they just they they forgot to put their clothes in the laundry once. You did it because their attitude and their heart were nowhere near. You just could not get to their heart and could not get love and compassion and empathy out of their heart. Oh, so he's kind of correlating the Pharisees and the scribes with these children. Kind of. Because he's saying they walk around a rule, and the rule leaves their mother and father unhonored and maybe even a little desperate for basic supplies. Neglecting their mother and father? Yeah. But you say, if a man tells his father or his mother, whatever you would have gained from me is korban, that is, that it is given to God, then you no longer permit him to do anything for his father or mother. So in other words, these Pharisees and scribes were saying to people, okay, if you take what you have and you say, 
everything that I have belongs to God and their mom or their dad needs something, then they couldn't give what they had to their mom or dad to take care of them. So the synagogue or the temple got the money, but that it didn't take care of the people. Right. That's no good. Right. And that's not what God intended at all. Right. That's the important part. And it was kind of making Jesus angry here. You can tell by all of this row that he's kind of to the point of, you chewed out my disciples and you opened a door that you did not want to open. Um, then is, so then you no longer permit him to do anything for his father and mother, thus making void, in other words, of no effect, the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down. And many such things you do. So he's saying that it, they're accusing the disciples of not washing hands properly. And he's saying you haven't even interpreted the, the things that God gave you to do properly. In other words, quit trying to judge somebody else when you're more guilty than they are. Right. That is the point. And... And he called the people to him again and said to them, Hear me, all of you, and understand, there is nothing outside a person that by going into him can defile him. But the things that come out of a person are what defile him. And when he had entered the house and left the people, his disciples asked him about the parable. So he just calls all the people and says this thing and then just kind of walks off. Kind of. Mic drop moment? If they'd have had microphones, this would have been a microphone drop. Yeah, he just states that and walks off. Disciples probably having to run a little bit to catch up with him. Whoa. And when he had entered the house and left the people... His disciples asked him about the parable. That doesn't seem like a parable to me. Well, yeah. It's not really a story. I mean, it has a heavenly meaning, but wow. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not what we would call our normal parable. It's not what we looked, like, looked at earlier. But he says, and he said to them, then are you also without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into a person from outside cannot defile him since it enters not his heart, but his stomach and is expelled? Thus he declared all foods clean. And he said what comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within, and they 
defile a person. So in other words, Jesus is saying the most likely way for you to be defiled is that your heart doesn't want to listen to God and it goes and does other things. You go and do other things because that's what your heart's thinking. Yeah, you're mean to other people and stuff. Yes, he's saying that is a way that you are actually defiled, not some ritual cleansing. So there's no outside way. I mean, it's you, you do follow what your heart says, so eventually there's a way that shows that you aren't listening to God, but that there's no kind of outside checklist. Right. interesting yeah it is and it was a very different way than the pharisees because the pharisees were obviously wanting to catch jesus and his disciples doing something that goes oh they're defiled they 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 broke the law they broke the law and jesus is telling to them uh, telling them that's not even in the law but there are some things in the law that you take those traditions and you break the law with your tradition. So that was kind of a challenge. Are they going to believe God? Or are they going to follow their traditions? Yeah. That would be a heart decision, all right? It would be a heart, a heart decision. That would be a tough decision. Because they'd been raised that to be this or to do that, or especially to be in the position they were in as Pharisees and scribes in front of all the people, it would have been a very, it would have been a very tough call to say, you know what, I've been reading the word of God and all these traditions of the elders that you've beat into me from a, from a child are, aren't right. Well... And they were supposed to know God more than anybody. Right. So we have to be careful. We have to be very, 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 very careful of our hearts and our way of approaching things because we're supposed to have the fruits of the Spirit, which is in Galatians 5, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And it's very, very hard to deal with this kind of stuff and not realize that that's not where their heart was coming from. And to approach that in a loving way, you kind of have to say, stop, we're not on the same page at all. True. That's kind of a stop, we're not on the same page at all thing. Yeah. And that's what Jesus was telling them. And he, he not only defends his disciples, he tells them what they're doing that is truly defiling which some people would consider totally angry the the anger of of man does not do the righteousness of god but the anger of god does 
to be the righteousness of God. So he is not striking back out of spite. He is, he is telling them, you have no idea what defilement is. And you need to know. And you need to quit teaching the people with defiled hearts about their defiled hands. Wow, that's heavy. Yeah, that's a lot. I, you know, we were talking earlier about all of the, when Jesus was walking in the water and got in the boat and, and, and the wind stopped and the disciples were astonished. It doesn't mention that the disciples were astonished here, but this would have astonished me. Absolutely astonished me. Um, I, I think it's really hard. And I think Jesus was so wise, obviously, um, in the way that he handled conflict and what is right and what is wrong. And there's so much we can learn from that. But we have to make sure our hearts are in the right place. Our heart isn't to one-up. Our heart is to make completely whole. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, totally. All right, so let's pray. Jesus, thank you for telling us what really defiles a person. And God, thank you for knowing our hearts and testing our hearts. Because then we know what's in our hearts. That's tough. Sometimes we do things out of motives that are just not right. And sometimes we have little idiosyncrasies that we think are the greatest thing, but really have nothing to do with your heart. So God, forgive us for judging others through the, through the lens of our preferences and through one-upmanship. Help us to be love and joy and peace by your Spirit to everyone rather than whatever that is. Thank you, God, for your goodness and your love toward us and for, for not preferring one person over another and not setting up that hierarchical structure um, out of out of one-upmanship. But if, if there's an elder, they are to be respected because they're following you and because they have more experience. And... Lord, thank you for giving us examples and teaching us to confess to you quickly and to make it right. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 This is Trained by Grace 2 with Catherine Elizabeth, and we... I hope you enjoyed listening to and learn from this story and may it enrich your heart and may we all 
Pray together with one voice, creating me a pure heart, O Lord, my God. And move forward in the spirit of love, joy, and peace. God bless you. God loves you. Proclaim his excellencies. And remember, you are one of his excellencies. This is Train by Grace 2, and if you're listening to this podcast, I wanted to say thank you. And there are various things you can do as a next step. Number one, if you need to know more about Jesus being your Savior and Lord, please get a hold of me via email at trainedbygrace2, all one word, trainedbygrace, trained, T-R-A-I-N-E-D, grace 2 at gmail.com. And put in the subject line podcast um, for all of these options. So if you need to know more about Jesus, please get a hold of me. Or someone you know who knows Christ. Um, If you would like to be part of this podcast proclaiming His Excellencies, you can put subject line podcast. would like to be part of proclaiming God's Excellencies. If you would like to have a resource, have a Bible sent to you, please put that in the email. If you have a prayer request, put that in the email. So thank you for getting in touch with me. Thank you for listening to this podcast. And may you be blessed um, and know Jesus is your Savior and Lord. And remember, you are one of God's excellencies.